Welcome to the Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Fans, welcome to this week's edition of The Strut. It's a very special edition of The Strut. This is Bowl Week, Game Week. We're recording it on Wednesday. Game is coming up on Friday, which means tomorrow, Thursday, when you're listening to this, when it gets dropped, we're talking about Bowl Game Eve. Cure Bowl Part 2, Coastal versus Northern Illinois. We broke some down for you last week. We've got a few more things to talk about. Joe's got a terrific segment where he talks to players and Orlando where he's sadly embedded in a luxurious hotel doing what he does sacrificing his own livelihood and his own sanity to bring you quality information here on the strut we hope you enjoy it fans go shots fans here's your other ccu sports update men's basketball was victorious on sunday the 12th over wofford 60 to 59 Wednesday, women's basketball in action against St. Mary's College of California, dropping their first game of the season 61-58. Men's basketball was in action against Methodist, winning the game 102-42. You're all caught up, fans, and now we head back to the strut. Info Joe, Steel Nation, Strut Nation. Welcome to 54 minutes of the going to get a bowl. So when I messed up, or right, let me try again. Going to win a bowl, put the Huskies in a hole. If NIU were a shoot, they'd have no soul. We're on a roll. Coastal is the A team, and you're Paul Patrol. We're in control. This win is our goal. NIU won't be consoled. Our offense will take its toll. My rap is longer because we played in the Cure Bowl. CCU Sports Podcast called the strut. Man, I stumbled at the beginning of that. <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to another edition of the Strut Podcast, Teal Nation. Thank you all for joining us. A lot of things going on. It's a little disjointed this week as as uh, Joe is down there with the team. They flew down there, I believe it was Tuesday, and they had practice Tuesday and Wednesday. So some of the audio you'll hear uh, in this podcast will uh, will cover direct uh, – Feedback from practice. I know that we've got a, a stellar lineup of stars who are joining Joe yesterday and today, and then we'll even try to drop some information tomorrow. But uh, it's bowl week, man. We're 48 hours away from the second Cure Bowl and second bowl in coastal history, looking for our first win. And, you know, um, playing a 9-4 NIU team, MAC champion, um, you know, it's this this bowl game as far as Power Five versus Power Five is getting a lot of the attention, a lot of the attraction. I was looking at the uh, number of message boards for Coastal and, and NIU, and then also some that the uh, for the Sun Belt as a whole. And it's interesting, man. It, it didn't take long for a lot of uh, fire to be spit back and forth from the fan bases, and then uh, Sun Belt. Um, some belt members jumping in and talking about the bowl matchup. And, uh, you know, it's uh, we look, man, we should be excited as a fan base. We're going back to back cure bowls. The cure bowls turn it into one of those premier power. I mean, 
excuse me, premier G5 versus G5 bowl games. Uh, brand new arena this year. I think, interesting enough, we're going to be playing on grass for the first time since 2018. And uh, so a lot of firsts, a lot of seconds, if you will, and a lot of uh, re renewed uh, excitement. I know that uh, Joe said that in talking to us off the air, Tilly, that are off the podcast, that team's in great spirits. There's a lot of energy around the uh, the high school they're practicing. There's a lot of energy around the hotel. And on top of that, man, we had one – we had really, really solid recruitment uh, signing day. We are currently right now second in the Sun Belt overall. If you look at various ratings, and we're anywhere from 62 to 68 nationally as a entire signing class. So, again, it's a pretty, it's a pretty impactful week. It's a, it's a big weekend. It's funny. It's like close to Christmas. You get all these new recruits. You get the, you get the uh, excitement week of the uh, bowl game. Uh, you get to learn something a little about yourself because, and we talked about this last time, it's, it's great to have this postseason practices with guys who, you know, are building depth. Because some of these guys who don't play as often get these reps that go on further. So as we get into the seasons and we go down the road a year or two from now, these guys are getting extra practices also in addition to our starters getting those extra reps, building that muscle memory, you know, getting the game plan down pat, getting ready to play ball, memorizing what you got to know. You know more about this than I do. I know I see you nodding your head. But at the same time, it's kind of like you got the you got an opportunity every day to get better, extra days to get better. I know the other team is doing the same exact thing that we are, but um, I, I'm excited to see what we do because I hear Grayson is the most help that he's been in a long time. So I hear that, that he's, he's ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm hearing that we may be a little bit healthier at running back going into the game possibly. So I'm excited for that too. Um, and like you said, it's a big week all over campus, not just with the football team, but other sports are doing well too. So it's a good time to be a shot because of all our teams are doing well. They're winning. I've already updated what was going on in other sports previously in the show. So they've already heard all that by now they're getting to us. So you know what I'm talking about too. So I'm just, it's an exciting time because like you said, it's bowl week. And I remember going down last year and the excitement around the stadium. It was awesome. Even though it was Liberty was there too, but that's a different story. But yeah, you know, I'm still excited about, like you said, this, this just chance to go out and have some postseason exposure. And the bowl is getting bigger. I think you sent me something this week in preparation for this about where the Cure Bowl was ranked as far as, like, amongst all the bowls that yes, it was. So they were ranked uh, the Cure Bowl out of the 44, which, by the way, is an obscene amount of bowl games. Um, um that's a soapbox. That's a TD soapbox moment for another day. Maybe postseason wrap up is 44 bowl games is completely atrocious to have. Uh, there's no reason to have 88 teams playing a bowl games when probably 20 of them are six and six. Uh, I digress. The, the Cure Bowl ranked this thing. There was the CBS ranking, and then there was there was three different rankings, three different survey groups that did it. And the one I liked the best was CBS because they broke it down. ESPN had one as well. That would be number two. And I think there was another group. Um, I can't remember the name of them, but I know CBS and ESPN ranked their bowls. And both uh, – the Cure Bowl was number 19. And I think that – you know, you, you hear that and go, wow, that's – is that high? Is that low? That's pretty damn good considering you got to figure there's at least that Capital One Bowl week, there's probably eight or nine bowls. That, that includes – the two national semifinal games. And the, so there's three games ahead of that that you have to knock out. The two semifinal games and national championship game, they counted that as 
three separate bowl games, as it should be. So that means we're ranked 19th, really down from number four, and that's including the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, um, the, let's see here, Orange, Sugar, Rose. Mm -hmm. So those five bowl games, Peach Bowl, so there's six games right there that are national bowl games that you're going to get large national P5 versus G5 maybe or all together, all P5 matchups. So you got those three games plus another additional four because the two semifinal games are part of that six or seven I'm speaking of. So I'm not quick with math, but you got those six plus one makes seven. So really we're separated by 12 slots in the rank and file of bowl games. And we were the highest P5 versus P5 bowl game. Why is that significant? Well, if we're going to separate us from the herd, this is another opportunity to do it, right? To go 11 and two, be a bowl champion, um, you know, have two games where you lost by basically an aggregate of five. Both those teams are in bowl games. For the folks that are App State fan bases, you can Take it for all you want. I understand we didn't beat the only two bowl teams on our schedule. That's great. Yeah. Um, mind your own damn business. Uh, you know, go, go out <laughs> go out and worry about whoever you're playing at Boca Raton. And, I think they uh, – speaking of that you know, crowd, I think they kind of tainted the uh, Twitter results. I'll get to that in a second. But Dude, that, that crowd has a freaking complex on Coastal. For a crowd that won three national championships at the FCS level – and won four conference titles when they first came in. Damn if they don't have some type of freaking inferiority complex to two good years of Coastal Carolina football. And if you don't like me saying that and you think that's a little bearing, go look at the message boards. That crowd will jump in on anything remotely close to, to positive feedback or positive discussion around Coastal. They can't stand it. They can't stand our fan base. That is my small mini soapbox. I'm going to step up on for two seconds. Like, dude, I could care less about what they're doing in Boone, the better they are, the better we are. The better the conference is, the better we can talk about it. Because in two years when those other four members join, man, this conference is going to be, in all seriousness, about the fifth best conference in the country, legitimately sixth at, at worst, in my opinion. And are we going to sit here and bitch and complain at each other about this, that, and the other? Dude, just go win the Boca Raton Bowl and mind your own damn business. Um, so – to me, I, I'm again back on us, man. I'm super excited about where this bowl landed. You know, again, brand new stadium over there um, for the MLS team. Joe talk is Joe. I'm not gonna take on anything away from what Joe said. I think I want to get on what we talked about, which was the matchup, recruitment, and all things coastal. I'm gonna go ahead, if you don't mind, kind of jump into what they can expect going down to Orlando, getting to the stadium and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, last year, the Cure Bowl was played at Camping World Stadium, older stadium, um, right off I four as you get into Orlando. When we went there last year, um, I'm gonna try and be as nice about this as possible, but it was not a great part of town. Um, it's not, and I'll it's, said it's, it's not, not, and you, is, yeah, it's and not, when you came not, in. My wife and I went last year, and we came off the interstate. Uh, the stadium was on our left as we came off the exit and kind of drove down. I think it was Church Street is where it was located, and we kind of turned to the right, saw the stadium, drove down past 
where it's going to be this year, Exploria Stadium, which is about four and a half, five blocks from Camping World Stadium. Uh, when you get to Exploria Stadium, if you go a little further, a few more blocks down, you'll see the Amway Center where the Orlando Magic play. Once you get past the Amway Center, there's a lot of restaurants, bars, places to kind of just hang out. I can recall vividly driving past the Amway Center and looking at like a little cobblestone looking street just beyond that. And I saw um, a sign last year, Liberty's headquarters, like their party headquarters was right there on the left that you crossed over the um, the I-4 overpass. Go ahead. Liberty, Liberty, tailgates. Shots of Sprite. That's interesting. So yeah. must <laughs> it was, yeah, seriously, it was a, a you know what I gotta say this. It was cool because I was going down there only knowing my wife was with me. It's just me and her just decided to go and we bought tickets the night before, well, maybe a day or two before, and just drove down just to have a good time and support coastal. Um I pull in town and I'm I'm struck first off after I got and saw the Liberty sign, but then I thought for a second, they've already came down, got embedded, and set up camp if you will, down the road from the stadium. It's a good spot where they were located too, just you know, in that little district, whatever you call it. Um, and they were rocking and rolling in there the way Liberty would rock and roll. So, but they had a place set up, if you will. So you mean, you mean they they were holy rolling? Is that what they were doing? That's exactly what they were doing. They were playing their 1950s rock and roll music with Elvis blasting. They were out there doing the twist and drinking shots of Sprite By and chasing way. it with water. So, and when we when we renew that series, I've got a great shirt. I know we had Mormons versus mullets, but I've always wanted to come out with a shirt that said "Heathens versus Hypocrites." <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's that attitude of at least we own it, right? Is that what you're saying? Hey, I, I, I look. I am a man. I, I am a Christian. I'm not ashamed to admit that. I will probably say that, but at the same time, when I played, joking and test this, um, that crowd for what they say they are. <laughs> as a whole nother animal up there on, in, on that little mountaintop in Lynchburg, but I think that's on there. So uh, two years from now when we play them and open that series back up again, I definitely want to come out with the heathens versus hypocrites t-shirts. From I think the stretch is to sponsor that t-shirt. <laughs> um, a little more about the stadium, exploring the stadium. If you go look it up on the internet, you may see something kind of confusing. And I found this today when I was doing some research. You may see it called Orlando City Stadium. It changed from that name to Exploria a while back. Um, it is the home of the Orlando City SC MLS team and also the women's pro team, the Orlando Pride. Um, the capacity is about 25,500. The stadium was built in 2017. Um, you will see some things, and I found this out. Just I went to their website. I thought I'd pass this along to the fans who like to listen to us. Uh, for example, when you arrive near the stadium, um, the main street that you'll see the stadium on is Church Street, which is right off I-4. Um, you'll see some road closures near Church Street and Pine Street, which also is adjacent mm-hmm. to the stadium. And then also Central Boulevard, maybe one avenue over. They do have parking available on Church Street, Lime Street, Jackson Street, West Central Boulevard, Grove Park Drive, Wilson Court. Um, those prices will range from $20 to $55. There are others. Um, but you're going to pay a lot more to get closer and you're going to have something a lot further away. Like you, if you go to any big sporting event, you know, someone's going to open their parking lot of their front yard and charge you a few bucks to park there possibly too. But I found those were the main ones that were listed as far as being in proximity to explore the stadium. You also can take an Uber from one of the bars a few blocks over, which is what we did 
last year. Um, Uber is your friend. Uber is definitely your friend. Uber friend. Uh, we recommend this, and this is from my point of view from last year being in that area. Use Church Street to go back and forth from the stadium to that district where everything is. Um, that's for your pre- and post-game entertainment. Uh, it, like I said, that goes close to the Amway Center where the Magic play. Uh, and also a few blocks from Camping World Stadium last year's. And you can't miss Camping World Stadium when you X off the over, off of I-4. Um, you will um, not really see much off I-4 when you first get off of it as you head to the state. We talked about it a while ago. It's not a really great part of town. I can recall seeing like a high school on my right as I pulled in. That was a nice looking area. But after that, it's not really as nice. But, you I know, that not was. I think that's the high school the team is practicing at. Okay. Well, it's, yeah. that high school was right in the shadows of Camping World Stadium. It's yeah, like seriously right across the street. Um, and I did get a couple of reviews because, I mean, nobody really from Coastal knows much about this stadium. So I got a couple of reviews that were pretty positive about it, honestly. They said some people said it was a great food selection available in the stadium, different from most. Somebody even said they had great sushi at Exploria Stadium. I'm not a huge sushi guy, but that's good. Um, review of the stadium beautiful stadium I've sat in different areas throughout the stadium and every spot is great supporter section in the only area does not have seating there are plenty of food and merchandise options it can get crowded in the hallways there's a lot of walking distance between parking and stadium but despite the crowd size and the overall size of the stadium it's well maintained and clean that I can attest to when I passed by Exploria Stadium last year it was beautiful they had taken really good care of it some of the pictures you'll see is not from the roadside, but from the other side that you would see, like as you were passing by on the interstate. Um, there's like a really nice facade that has Exploria Stadium there. You'll see that facade inside the stadium, but now you're driving by it on Church Street. Um, there's a, um, oh, another review, sorry. Uh, very nice stadium. It's clean. Doesn't matter where you sit, you've got a great view of the field. It was awesome watching the soccer game this person went to. And then they said, once you, this is somebody wrote this. That once you get past Camping World Stadium, the neighborhood really improves. <laughs> There's a lot of places to choose from when it comes to uh, eating and bars uh, before or after the game. So I think with a six o'clock kickoff on a Friday, that may offer you before and after options when it comes to attending this year's 2021 20, uh, Cure Bowl. So uh, one last tidbit. If you're still looking to buy tickets, I found this out today. Uh, Coastal is the home team in this game. Nice. Home team side of the stadium. You can buy the home team tickets to, to sit behind Coastal's bench if you buy tickets in sections 14, 15, and 16. Nice. That'd I found cool. that out today on their website. They said for football games, it's a different configuration than what they do for soccer, obviously. They said but for the home games, uh, football, home teams, excuse me, their home section is behind the sideline, which is section 14, 15, and 16. So if you're looking to buy tickets and sit behind the shiny clears, that's the best place to go to. Well, that's good to know, man. That's a good that's a good overview of the stadium for those who get to go. And for those who get to go, man, look, uh, tag tag the podcast, tag tag the university, tag everything you can, um, take pictures and do it, man. We'll, we want to see you down there. Um Chile and I were hoping to go, but uh, logistically, it's just not going to work out. We're going to watch it from the, from the strut style at home. 
I'm going to watch it out underneath the carport, take the TV out there to, with the fire pit and the fire table and, and uh, the grill fired up and, and uh, listen to it strut style. So, you know, I'm excited for this matchup. You know, the more and more I looked at it, I look at the game notes and what they bring to the table. Um, Chili, do you have the game notes? You want to break those down? I, I know it's on the website. Um, um, the way I had them last week. I don't have them this week. I can pull them if you give me it's just a second. Um, well, there was some there was some additional notes I think they put up. In okay. To the actual breakdown of some additional what we normally get. We finally got it. For those that don't know, we we get our own game notes and we also put together some game notes the university provides to us. And also we go to the opposing team's university, but they finally just got them out like I think like yesterday. And because I remember looking at them, but you know, the NIU's made a massive turnaround. So it could be one of the greater turnarounds. Granted, they went 0 and 6. I'm talking about it. it could be one of the greater turnarounds you've seen in a long time. Uh, it's unfortunately going to come to a screeching halt when they when they lose Friday. But it's, um, you know, I know that we're a 10 and a half point favorite last time I checked again. Again, this is probably the marquee matchup between group of five schools. Again, opportunity for Coastal to, to really distance itself. Um, and I think, too, once you get over that first bowl win hump, I think, too, that that also helps out recruitment. It helps out a number of things. It, recruitment, uh, brand recognition, uh, brand value also gives us an opportunity now, unlike last year. For those who don't know, when our coaches are down there, we have a chance to to really touch base with a lot of local high schools in that area. That's something that you can get out and do. Also, too, it allows our team to go down there and get some extra practices like Chile was touching on, we touched on a week ago. That, for those that don't realize, it does make a massive difference because these are extra practices as much for your seniors because it's their last week, it's their last go-around, but as much for your underclassmen. And I know that during the playoffs, whenever I was there and then obviously what we've been involved in, engaged and invested in with the university and the program that you and I and Joe, you know, those extra four or five days, two weeks, like as you see now in bowl prep, it, it's it's you really have a chance to separate yourself from a number of things. You get it's almost like going back to camp. It's weird. It's almost like going back to camp. Um, if you're going to bowl week, that's what I've been. That's what I've I've taught to some guys that uh that's played elsewhere. And I asked them. I texted them. I said, "What is what is like going to bowl week?" And they said, "Dude, it's it's almost like going back to camp again." except you have, look, you have a lot more to do and a lot more to look forward to. Uh, you're not in that grind for almost four weeks, but it's almost like going back to camp, they said, for two weeks. And that does a lot for a team. It can galvanize a program. It can refresh a program. You know, if you're six and six and you're sitting there and you're just like, man, we're going to end the season really well, or this, man, let's just get this thing over with. And you see that with a lot of six and six, seven and five ball clubs. But a nine and four NIU and a 10 and two Coastal, they got a lot to prove, man, a lot to prove. You know, one thing I was thinking, when you just remind me of something, too, it, it can also kind of help you define your purpose because you can get to a place, and we've seen this, if you watch college football for any number of years, you've seen teams who have had a great season, who've had that one tragic loss, who maybe were expected to go to the championship or whatever, they don't make it because of that one upset loss to whoever. I mean, you can get to that bowl game and you can kind of wipe the slate clean. Now we're officially at zero and zero. We got a chance to be one and oh on the bowl season this year yep. and kind of move forward that way. And everybody's going to hear this later in Joe's part that he recorded for us from Orlando because Joe's down there 
at Disney and, and Universal Studios, and he's really putting forth a sacrifice for the strut, and we appreciate him for that. But it's, a tough, it's a tough sacrifice. I wish I had Joe Cashin's problems. <laughs> hey, Joe, Joe's got uh, many problems, but Universal and Disney ain't one. But he was he kind of alludes to in a in the later part of our show tonight, T D is he's talking about how upbeat practice is and how you know, they've been a lot more energetic. And when I hear that they're more energetic and things are more upbeat, I feel more energetic and upbeat about the game because we all have our feeling about how we think the thing's gonna go. But in all actuality, none of what we think matters until the game is in this clock's at zero zero in the fourth quarter and we've got our winner and we got our loser. Um, but I really feel like uh, when you find your purpose, and what I mean by that too is you can kind of get down there, refocus on what you are and who you are and who we are as a team, get back to those missions and just kind of refocus and, and, and find that purpose of, hey, what are we doing? Why are we, what is this, who are we? Those kind of questions get answered, I feel like. And I feel like I'm, we're in a good place when it comes to, like I was saying a while ago, like this, there's more energy in the team from what we're hearing in reports. Um, they seem like they're happier to be playing football at this point. So I'm, I'm, I'm way more positive after hearing Joe's report. And I'm sure everybody who listens to the, to the podcast will agree that maybe we're, you know, we're in a better place, if you will. I, look, I, I agree. You know, it's, uh, for me, um, you know, for me, I got to get a lot from Joe while he's down there at the same time though. Man, it's a grind. You got to think, man, these kids, unlike when we played, unless you went to the playoffs, you got four weeks at camp. You've got you got 12 games now, right, plus a bye week. And this year was a grind, man, because you got to think, people got to realize something. We went, we went Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and two of those games were on the road. Two of those games were in foul weather. Um, by the way, you know me, I'll, I'll never give an excuse. That's just, look, that's the opportunity you're given. You got to run with it. Right, got you, you got to make the best of the situation that's given to you, whether you're playing on Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, you know, the the day after Thanksgiving, like we did, they'll get an opportunity on TV, get an opportunity to go out and win. But I've said it before, this is an opportunity to a lot of the naysayers. Can we get over the hump and win a bowl game? Right. That matters because it's something in the trophy case. It's something where you can show somebody we went and beat a nine and four Mac team while some of our other colleagues, members are playing, you know, eight and four, seven and five teams, right? And so for me, can we get over that hump as a program, win our first bowl game, beating, you know, in my opinion, a, a very, very sound, solid MAC champion in Northern Illinois and, and grow from this, right? Let the seniors go out on a high note. And at the same time, have these underclassmen really get an opportunity to showcase what they have for the future and show our fan base, good, bad, or different, who may or may not be here. And I'm alluding to what may or may not have been seen by folks earlier today via some interviews with some of our players about who may be here, who may not be here, who may go to the NFL, who may go to the portal. Look, we can't concern ourselves with that right now. we got a bowl game Friday. And at the same time, for those who understand where I'm alluding to, if not, then go check out the Sun News. So – Nevertheless, you gotta you go to war with the army you have, not the army you wish you had, right? My dad taught me that. So right now, let's win the Cure Bowl. We'll worry about who's in the locker room a week later, a year from now, right? Um, it's just that new age of unfortunate the uh, deterioration of integrity and in, in NCAA football because the model is trying to be more like the NFL. 
right? Let's be honest. That's what it's trying to do. So not to get on a long diatribe again, but that's, I think we have a fantastic opportunity to go 11 and two, man, beat a nine and four Mac champion and really take this victory into winter workout, spring ball, summer workout, summer passing league, summer camps, and right into fall, man. This is what, this is the kind of stuff that springboards you to, to some really unique opportunities. Maybe they, we get that bowl win Friday night. You get that, that next round of uh, recruitment that comes in, I think it's in February now. Um, you never know. You may pick up somebody. Yeah, speaking of players and their futures, uh, our first ever uh, fan question came in this past week, and I want to give a shout-out. Nikki Molt, thanks for the question. And it's about players TD going forward from Coastal after next year. It's about Javon Hiley. The dude has set record after record here I he, he might be maybe in years from now, maybe the best coastal receiver of all time after Travis Danley. Maybe he's number two. Um, no, God no. <laughs> look, man, it was, uh, but he is, he's, he is, he is the most decorated receiver. Um, and could be, I mean, he's got what three senior bowl invitations. I think mm -hmm. he's accepted two of them. That's unheard of. And if he goes all three, which I would recommend, Someone who didn't have an opportunity to go to Senior Bowl, obviously, I just I was <laughs> far from league talent. Um, but as someone who has an opportunity, I think he and Javon both, I think, have opportunities to go to all three Senior Bowls. You got to really be weary of that, just so you don't tie yourself out and overexpose yourself. But at the same time, to have three invitations, that man, says enough. Freaking, that says yeah. enough right there. I mean, that's because those are NFL people got to understand those things are done by, um, there's engagement from NFL, the NFLPA, the NFL, the uh, the coaches association, and some other contributing partners that make up those invitations. Those things are given out lightly. Yeah, and uh, our our question read uh, from from Mr. Molt. He he wanted to know what do we think about Javon Hiley's opportunities post coastal going to the NFL? Is he an NFL player? No. Um, sometimes guys have great college careers and don't pan out. I feel like, I mean, it's hard to say. I don't really, my crystal ball is not working very well. I feel like I want to say he's going to be a good pro because what he's done at Coastal, not because of the records. That's not where I'm coming from. But no, I've seen him make plays, and it's not the fact that he's ever out athleting somebody. He's just making the right plays because he's fundamentally sound. I feel like he's one of our our guys we can count on. In a, in a pinch to catch a good pass, you know, for a first down, that kind of stuff. He's been dependable is where I'm going with this. And and you can count on somebody like him to come to work every day and get better. I happened to hear on ESPN Radio this morning, Keyshawn Johnson was talking about uh, Chase Claypool making the uh, quote-unquote bonehead play that cost the Steelers. The, I'm not a Steelers fan. I didn't watch the game. I'm just hearing him talk about it. But the reason why I think about it was he was talking about Chase Claypool in the context of – He's a young guy, he's coachable, and he's learning. And if he continues to be coachable and continues to learn, we'll probably forget about what happened this past week, and then we'll be able to talk about him as a good pro. I say that in regards to Javon Hiley because I feel like maybe going forward, he's one of those kind of guys who we know he's going to show up every single day wherever he ends up. We know he's going to get better. He's a student of the game. He's going to continue to work and and get better. So, uh, Dickie, to answer your question, I, I don't know NFL or not, but I feel like wherever he goes, um, 
he's going to benefit just because of who he is and who he's about when it comes to his work. So I was fortunate enough. Again, I'm not a soothsayer of NFL talent by no stretch of imagination, but I was fortunate enough to see the God-given athletic ability of Jerome Simpson. And I knew I knew from practice number one when he made he made catches and adjustments on balls that he made catching the difficult ball easy. That's how you know, can you make the difficult look simplistic? And Jerome did that. Mike Tolbert did that. Josh Norman did that. Um, Tyler did that towards the end of his career, right? He had to work at it, though. Again, look, nothing but love for Tyler. Tyler had to work his ass off to get to that point. But Jerome, as a freshman, Josh, Mike, um, and a few others I was fortunate and blessed to play with that had far well head and shoulders above talent I ever wish I had. Um, you just saw it. They did things that nobody else on the field can do. So to answer his question, yes, given the right system, Javon will have – all the opportunity to have a productive NFL career. I can't stand when people try to project longevity and productivity, and you know, to certain metric levels or data points, if you will. He has all the he has all the athletic ability, size, and talent in this new age NFL. Because as we all know, it has become a scoring offensive side of uh, it has become a, excuse me a very scoring all oriented league. So I say that and say this is he and um, Isaiah are built for the NFL. I think Isaiah's body is built better than Javon's. I mean, that's natural, but he also plays tight end. But I think, too, with what the demands are from what Javon could be, maybe as a slot uh, receiver, uh, likely could run more of like a H-back, you know, tight end. You know, is he a Gronkowski? I don't know to that to that level, but I will offer this to to our listeners and and thank you again for the caller uh, to the look here bubble call in line. Um, they both have NFL talent. I have seen NFL talent firsthand inside the helmet, and I've seen it as a fan. I've seen it as someone who gets the privilege of going to watch practices as a former letter winner. Um, I say that all humbly. Yes. Both those young men have the absolute talent to play in the NFL. But, again, it has to go back to the right system and the right quarterback. I think anybody can agree with that, right? Again, same thing with are they a product of Jamie Chadwell's system here, of the RPO? Let me tell you something. That RPO is going to the NFL. You give it another five to seven years, you're going to have a hard time finding quarterbacks who can go under center. They're having a hard time now doing it. So I think it's already there. It is. No, it's there. But what I'm saying is it's it's it is. There are a handful of NFL teams. I don't watch the NFL really at all. Um, I'm not again, not ashamed to admit that the game. I just don't enjoy watching the NFL game um, for a multitude of reasons. But yes, those two young men will represent Coastal Carolina in the NFL uh, and they both will have productive careers um, for the betterment of, of what they can do. And I think um, you as 
uh, podcast listeners and Teal Nation, I think we'll be very proud of the accomplishments they could potentially have in the NFL. Yeah, and thanks again, Nikki, to your question. Um, TD, I think it's okay to say since uh, he sent a question in that we can now award him bronze status. Yes, he's now bronze status. Peepies. So now it's three yes. people we have awarded bronze status to, and I'm really proud of those people. Um, maybe your trivia question should be who has bronze status so far, TD? Who has bronze status? I'm going to have to get a little brush <laughs> up on that. But let's do this. So I, I like where we're going with this. So let's segue, if we can, from – the seniors who have the opportunities to go to certain senior bowls. And for those that don't know, we're going to have a podcast the week after the bowl game and then go every two weeks. What we will cover then is continued recruitment, senior accolades, the program itself, off-season discussion points and things like that, updates and things. But I think can we we take the opportunity to go ahead and segue into some recruitment? I mean, we had, what, almost 20 people signed today that um, all of them I'm excited about. But there's a handful – that um, I think we as Teal Nation need to be extremely excited about some shoes. They're gonna they're, they're gonna they're gonna have to fill some big shoes, and there's three or four of them I, I want to talk about. But I'll they, tell you they what, got the I've got a it. list of who signed today right here in front of me. Um, you want me to just read through? I think there's and fifteen give signees, out right? Some names. Fifteen signees. Fifteen signees. It looks like today. fifteen. Yeah, I'm just reading it from the coastal website, so I'm gonna go through if that's okay with you, and just kind of yep. read through some names. Um, now the positions are not listed, but we already kind of know some of these positions and who they are already. So I want to go through, I'll give the name, um, hometown. And I, I got to say this, our, um, goccusports.com is a terrific website for anybody who's a fan of any sport at coastal, because I was going through it. I use it to get ready for our podcast. Um, one thing I just found out that was cool. TD, uh, Strut Nation, Teal Nation, if you go to that website and you go to the National Signing Day Central, if you will, um, yep. they've got every recruit's Instagram and Twitter account listed. So you can start following these guys and, you know, getting introduced and bringing them into Teal Nation, into Strut Nation. I think that's really cool. Um, TD, I'm going to run through these real quick. Um, hey, have we? Uh, let's try to see if we can't get connected on, on the, all the different social platforms. With oh, these I agree cats. 100%. Absolutely. They need to know who we are, right? Some of these guys got some cool Instagram handles. I'm about to share some of these with you. Well, quickly, I, I want to make one note before we really dive in. Um, I don't see anybody from Bishop Gorman. I just can't find anybody that we signed from. Yeah, I don't see anybody either. Nobody from Bishop Gorman. Maybe we need to go back and revisit that. Interesting. <laughs> um, by the way, TD, um, same website, if you scroll down past where it says Future Shots, um, there are signing day videos. There's like video highlights of some of these guys that we're getting, yeah, man. which is cool. Um, Jared or Gerard Cameron Jr. from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas High School. Yeah, I watched I noticed, him play, man. Yeah, I watched him play. Yeah, um, I know another guy you're excited about is Matthew McDoom. What man, a great name man. for a defensive what a player. freaking great name. Winter Garden, Florida, West Orange High School. Uh, Caleb Hutchinson yep. from Augusta, Georgia, West Side High School. Frankie yeah, he's going to be good, man. Yeah, Frankie Richardson, 6'5", 295, from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, Gettysburg High School. Nick Del Grande, 6'4", 280, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm already seeing some cool nicknames for these guys on the podcast, TD. Mm-hmm. Evan Crenshaw from Ponte Verde Beach, Florida, Nice High School. Didn't somebody else famous come out of Nice High School? Did Tebow play for Nice? I think he did. 
Okay. He did play for Nice. Corey Warren, 6'2", 240 from Hoover, Alabama, played at Hoover High School. Well, yeah, that kid, program. that kid is is one of is one of the ones I, I want to touch on real quick. Gotcha. Um, Sean Clear Nation, you, you, uh, Till Nation, Strut, Strut Nation, y'all yeah, look. That's that's the young man. Look, all these young men are going to be special, but that one, he's one of about two or three. I want to touch on that. That is, that he is going to be something um, real, real special. Uh, we got DeAndre Coleman from Hueytown, Alabama. Hueytown High uh, that's, School. That's the other one. So that's the kid that I mentioned uh, in kind of vagueness and purposely uh, was vague about it. He was the one that we flipped from. Let me go back and look. Where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? Dude, I just had him. I'm looking on my phone here. So forgive me, everybody. He's the one that we flipped from he was dead set i think on going to like south florida and louisiana right that was his top two but we flipped him early on and he loved coastal he's six two two up five so for 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 all intents and purposes if you go look at this kid he is a he is already the size and speed of Javon Holly and looks very similar to him so just let that sink in. It took Javon three years to get the size that he's at now. This kid is already coming in with those metrics. Yeah, I just found a list of schools that he chose us over. I want to read these to you. Yeah, uh, please South do. South Carolina, Penn State, Mississippi State, Florida State, Maryland, West Virginia, Virginia, Western Kentucky, South Florida, Kansas, Louisiana, ha-ha, UAB, Troy, ha-ha again, East Carolina, Akron, Georgia State, yeah. South Alabama, Again, Toledo and New Mexico. So we beat out not only some really big schools, but four of our conference rivals. That's we beat it. out for this kid. This kid, this kid is going to be very, very. You mark my words. This kid's going to be very, very special. And he's got a cool Instagram handle. He is at D Boogie Ten, D E E Boogie Ten. So I feel like we're going to be calling him D Boogie for the next D Boogie. Years. D Boogie. Elijah um, Hopkins from Ocala, Florida, Vanguard High School. Alan Henry, mm-hmm. West Memphis, Arkansas, West Memphis High School, and Coffeeville, Coffeeville, excuse me, Community College. Um, he may have the like, backup. He's got the best Instagram handle. His Instagram at, handle is at Fast Living Fifty Two. Fast Living, Alan Henry. Dontrell Jackson. Next up, Harvey, Illinois, Marist High School. Josiah Robinson, Apopka, Florida, from Apopka High School. Trey this Brown. Kid, wait a minute, that, ahead, wait a that, that, that kid right there is the other one that I was tracking. And because he had, if I remember correctly, where's he at? Yeah, Josiah. He had Marshall, Troy, and in Indiana, and a few others after him. That was a big pickup for us, too. Again, 5'11", 210 linebacker. Not very tall, but 210. But I think he runs like a legit, like 4'5". Four, I think I think he's running like a four five five forty. This kid is a three star ESPN, three star on three. Um, he is um, one of the top one hundred and seventy five best linebackers, not just in one state, but the entire country. Why does that matter? You gotta you gotta take things for what they are. I mean, if you're in the top two hundred your position in this country, and you're going to a school like Host right now, that says a lot. I mean. It really does. Right now, again, he's part of a group that's ranking second in the Sun Belt. We projected first. 
we're finishing second, just slightly behind Arkansas State, and we have 12 three stars. Now, again, these rating systems are what they are. There's a lot of fallibility in them, but it's interesting when you start looking at some of these ratings from ESPN and Rivals, 247 Sports, and On3, some of these folks have really dialed in their algorithms on these kids and you know, I, I can't say much about the four and five stars, but when you get to three and two stars that come in, I mean, I, I'll tell you this much. You go back and look at the kids who came to Coastal who were like one-star athletes, two-star athletes, which, by the way, that's a Grayson McCall. That's a Javon Holly. You know, th those are a couple right there. I think Isaiah Likely was like a two-star athlete. So don't let the stars fool you. Don't let them be anything and everything. At the same time, go look at the states they played in, the size of the high schools, the competition they played against. Go back and look at some of these videos. Again, it's um, – I remember Coach James used to say, he was a running back coach when I played, you can just hear an athlete when they play. There's just something about them. You can hear them. You can see them. Um, man, the logo on that side of that helmet, if it doesn't bounce a whole lot, it runs pretty parallel to the ground. It's pretty smooth. That kid's an athlete. I know those are simple little nuances to the game of recruitment, but there's more metrics to that, uh, Teal Nation, Strut Nation, but there's little things like that that you just can't coach. And you're going to find a handful of these kids that we have recruited and signed today. There's a lot of things that you just can't coach. That and Isaiah Likely, a Grace McCall, a Javon Holly, a C.J. Brewer, a Silas Kelly, you know, um, and others, you just you just can't coach, man. It just comes. Jerome Simpson, Mike Tolbert had it. Um, a lot of others I can think of had it through our program. That again, they just comes naturally. That's a good point. We got three more to get through here: uh, Trey All Brown, right. Margate, Florida, okay. Cardinal Gibbons High School, Bryce Archie, Powder Springs, Georgia, McAkern High School, and Damian Thompson. That could be Damian Thompson, Mableton, Georgia, at Pebblebrook. High school. I think now one he's the person the, I was thinking about was Bryce Archie, the uh, quarterback that's coming in. The quarterback, but also to the kid you just touched on. He's a quarterback, if I remember correctly. I had because it is a couple. Dontrell Jackson Jr., six foot, one ninety QB from Harvey, Illinois, Marist High School. I saw he's a he's a national three star. He was getting looked at by, if I remember correctly, yep, um, South Florida, Utah State. Now, granted, Sean Clear. John Clear fans, Utah State is not the Utah State, the Aggies from like three years ago. You got to remember, Coach Anderson's out there now at Utah State. They just won the WAC conference. So there, there is recruiting cred that he can put on the table that they did not have. But we won him over Illinois, um, Florida Atlantic, South Florida, and Utah State. But the other kid from Powder Springs, I'm trying to find him right now. I remember seeing some of the folks that he that we were up against. Mableton, Georgia, here he is. Uh, Illinois, Liberty, UAB, Troy, Kentucky. Like, this is – he. This that's the kid, Damian Thompson from Mableton, Georgia. But where's the quarterback, Chili? Where's the other Well, I got Bryce Archie Springs. here, and I was going to talk about him. He's from Powder Springs. Um, there Bryce he is. Bryce Archie, yep. um, but who also is going to play baseball at Coastal. He chose Coastal over Michigan, that's it. Pitt, that's Central it. Florida, uh, Miami of Ohio. UAB, and, uh, UAB, Georgia Southern, Florida International, UConn, Atlantic, Eastern Kentucky. So 
he had some – I think maybe baseball was a part of his metric when it came to where he wanted to go because some of those schools listed are decent baseball schools too. So I know he wants to come play in a good football and baseball program. That speaks to us because, you know, we've put a lot of effort into our, you know, sports programs and to bring a kid in who wants to play two sports and willing to do it here for Coach Gilmore and for Coach Chadwell. That says a lot about just our school and our athletic program in general. Well, then you go look at this. Then you go look at Trey Brown. He was the fourth one. I didn't get a chance to talk about Trey Brown, 6'1", 235, outside linebacker from uh, Margate, Florida, Cardinal Gibbons High School. Okay. This kid was recruited by Florida, Miami, Oregon, Kentucky, Georgia Tech, Pitt, Syracuse, Arizona, Indiana, Liberty, Marshall, East Carolina, and Eastern Kentucky. Now, he was named to the Miami Herald's 5A independent first team in 2020 as a junior and then again as a senior. He's that look, let me tell you something, man. Like, that's a big pickup for us in that in that greater Miami area. If this kid could come here and be anything remotely to what his rankings are, we could have a, a, a star on our hands. He was ranked the 47th best prospect uh, as linebacker in the country. In the country. Okay. He was also ranked as one of the top 25 best prospects in the entire state of Florida. Like this is a this is a big pickup at the state of Florida for us, in my opinion. You go look at his accolades. He's a he's a a, a full you know he, he's a full three star. Um, he is. You, I'm telling you, just go look at his 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 videos, y'all, and you, you you're gonna see a talented kid, six one two thirty five. You know, he's going to come here. They're going to put probably 10 more pounds on him. I don't know if he's going to grow any taller. But if you put five or 10 more pounds on him and he gets faster than what he is now, you could have a beast, a beast on your hands. Absolutely. we got. I'm, I'm excited about these guys coming. I get excited every year. But I think this might be the most excited I've been over recruiting class. And I'm just now getting into the idea of, of following recruiting since I've been doing the podcast with you. And, Joe, i got to catch up with you guys. But – um, what, what a great class with all that great people that are coming in. It's just exciting to see these kids coming to our school. Um, TD, I think we should transition to something else now. Let's get to the fun Let's stuff. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, first things first, you gave me two names of viewing parties that are going on. I know walk-ons is having one. You said earlier before we began recording that Hanley's in Conway, not far from the school, is uh, so, yeah, one. Andrew. Yeah, I talked to Andrew. They um they do have trivia night going on, but which is um which is you know it's it's a weekly thing. He said as soon as as soon as we can uh, transition from trivia night, the game will be on all the televisions except the audio. I think will just be inside, not outside. Once trivia is done, they'll have it on inside, outside. Crafty Rooster and Shanties in downtown Conway. Uh, Sean Cobus, I text him. They will have the game on and full audio, and both is of his establishments. Um, I know that bonfire in Conway, Darren and them will have it on there. Uh, I don't know if they'll have it over the entire audio, but they'll have it um, on, on their TVs there. Uh, so again, I, I reached out to folks obviously in the California forest and, and Conway areas, but um, look, man, if you happen to be out and about, you want to go to your local establishment Friday night, Go to the bartender, go to the restaurant, go to the waitress, say, hey, can we get the game on? Can we turn the audio on? That's that's how you get other people engaged and included in these games. Absolutely right. Um, TD, I got the Twitter results from last week, and the question was, which Sunbelt Conference team is going to 
most likely get a win this bowl season. Your four choices were the good guys in Teal, Crapalachian Stank, Louisiana, and Georgia State. Sadly, I think we got bum-rushed by some of the guys who were high on mountain air. Um, they said at by 61% that it was all about Appalachian State with us coming in at 27%. So we got hijacked on our own poll question. So I guess what they said. So this, I go back to it. Yeah. Strut podcast listeners and Teal Nation, if you if you want to to be number one in everything, it's poll questions, it's social media, it's message boards, it's listening to the podcast, it's going to the ball games, it's tailgating early, it's staying late, it's not leaving at halftime, no matter what's going on. This is where this is where you got to give credit credit. Do this, perhaps it gets right, but I'm t- like. To App State fans who may listen to this, dude, go listen to Black and Gold Radio, man. Like, tend to your own garden. You know, go worry about your own stuff, man. Because outside of football, that's about the only sport y'all have. Everything else you're terrible at, other than you went in the conference basketball, which you got a great coach up there right now. You got him for about two or three more years, and he's going to get picked off by somebody else. So, you'll be back to doing one sport well, which is freaking football. That's about it. Yeah, you got three national titles in it, but you know what? We got a top 25 program in soccer, volleyball, golf. We've won it in baseball. Like, we have a top 25, top 40 program now in football. Like, dude, just go just go tend to your own garden up on that mountain and just worry about football. Just, just go be you, man. Like, don't hijack up people's stuff. But if that makes you feel better to help out your inferiority complex, by all means, do what you got to do. Our uh, new Twitter question this week is, what is your favorite TV channel for bowl coverage? ESPN, mm. CBS, Fox, or ABC? TD, what you got? Man, I, look, I, I'm a little partial. We had ESPN College Gambit here last year, and we had them at the house, so I like that crew. But just because I like that crew doesn't mean I like listening to the, the analysts at ESPN. Not all of them know what they're talking about. Um unlike you and I and Joe here on the Strut Podcast. Uh, if I – let me offer you this. Let me, let, me, let me ask you back. Who do you think presents a ball game better, like overall presentation of a game? Okay, I got, a, I got an opinion, but mine's, I got to preface my opinion. I am a massive fan, or I was a fan, of Vern Lundquist. I loved him on CBS – Yep, the SEC games. Um, I just felt like he set the table very well with what you were about to see. Um, Brent Musburger, classic guy. You can't go wrong with him. Um, but I think I just named off two CBS guys. Did I not? You didn't see. So I'm yeah. a CB. Like I think that whether you're a fan for or against the SEC, I think CBS does a ball game, start to finish presentation, experience, education. Um, I think they do a game better than any network out there, in my humble opinion. So, like, I like I like CBS over ESPN. I'm not – they just they just do a better job, in my opinion. They, they, they hone in on a game and they stay there. All right, TD, here's the last thing, trivia time. Oh, boy. You got your Gatorade, you all ready? Man, I got I got my I got my pickle juice here, so I don't get dehydrated during this thing. I've got I've got my frozen Pedialyte sticks for later on. Nice. So. All right, 
TD, I'm going to give you a multiple choice on this one because it's, it's kind of out of our wheelhouse somewhat. B. Go with B. All right. Well, let's see. So <laughs> clearly you have a degree from Coastal. <laughs> NIU has played in 13 total bowl games. Yes. Out of those 13, how many of those are wins? Your choices are A, four, B, six, C, seven, and D, nine. How many of them are bowl wins? Out of 13, right. And B was what? C was what? Uh, B was six and C was seven. I'm going to go with B, six. Your answer is A, four. Oh, okay. They're four and nine overall in their bowl history. I'm going to read off. I got our crack research staff to get this for me. Hey, I appreciate that. We need to we need to pay them a little more. They are, and this week's Twitter, uh, sorry, trivia question was brought to you by Mike Tolbert's bowling balls. Whether you're facing eleven defenders or ten pins, you can always count on Mike Tolbert getting you through to the end. That's um, right, I like him. I'm working on that well, advertisement. He's going to. I like that. I like that. He's going to come on there and do that one time. He's got. We to. we we need we need to get some former players to do that. I, I need to reach out to them guys and, and show like get them to listen to the podcast and then let them let them just maybe. Kind of do the whole, you know, you listen to this Trump podcast. This is Mike Tolbert. Yeah. Something like that. So your bowl wins for NIU. 1983 California Bowl over Cal State Fullerton. Fullerton. Cal State Fullerton. Thank you. 20 to 13. 2004 Silicon Valley Classic 34-21 over Troy. 2010 Humanitarian Bowl victory 40 to 17 over Fresno State. And the last bowl victory was 2011 in the GoDaddy.com Bowl over Arkansas State, 38 to 20. Was uh, Was Danica Patrick at that game? Because I know in she 2011 was, she had to be there. She had to be there, right? That's when she and was then, actually you know had a chance to win a race in NASCAR. Yeah, and then let's that. see. It. Well, I should not have said that. It's the truth. It's got I'm a NASCAR gender. Well, it's got nothing to do about her gender. It's got to do with her ability to drive a damn stock car. Yeah. And look, what did Harry say on Days of Thunder? This isn't open wheel. It's a stock, stock car. car. It's a stock. This is car. that's the movie of the week for us. And last week that's it was the Caddyshack. Movie. This week is Days week. of Thunder. Now and look, you know, I love the I love the scene where he's sitting there talking to the car. He's like, look, Cole, Cole, Cole's gonna be a little, he's gonna be a little scared now. And he's you know, and that's when the car is dripping oil. He's like, that is not the response I was looking for. <laughs> he didn't touch you, he didn't do it, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. He didn't hit you, he didn't bump you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Let's see how so, good you are on this. Tell me what Robert Duvall's quote was when he was on the tractor and um, Quaid came out to recruit him to be the crew chief for Cole Trickle's car. And he was talking about having to teach a race car driver. Remember the dog sitting over there in the corner? <laughs> remember that one? I, can't, I, I know that you're talking about what was the line. <laughs> I can't, I forgot it. I was hoping you remember it. Um, one last fun fact about niu and their bowl um history uh they have lost six in a row good for them about to be um so hopefully it'll be seven um but i'm i'm a numbers guy not that i'm a mathematician i just like the history of numbers if you will and one thing i was looking at was their last bowl victory was 10 years ago in the 2011 godaddy.com bowl they've lost six in a row they went 0-6 last year, looking to win 10 wins if they can win Friday against us. Um, 
there's a history there, I'm sure, that their coach and his staff is, is touching on about destiny and, and why this, this one is important. But going back to what I was saying earlier about going back to bowl week preparation and finding your purpose, I think if we can find our purpose, if we maybe we've already found it while we've been down there, which is why the practices are good. If you've got your purpose going into this bowl game, I really feel like we're going to come out victorious. If we go out, we haven't given a whole lot of strategy, if you will, during this last two weeks. Uh, it's new to us, the bowl piece. Everybody's got information. They get inundated with it. Um, look, let's be an educated fan base. Go to the CC, go ccsports.com website. Go to the Strut Podcast fan pages. Go check out the game notes. Go to YouTube, YouTube, NIU. Watch their game, especially the Western Michigan game, the Buffalo game. Gives you an idea about what's going on. Um, they've got two or three kids that are playmakers on offense. They've got a pretty solid little defense. I don't mean little in the sense of – I don't mean that in any demeaning way, but they've got a good – they've got a good team, right? They're nine and four. It's hard winning, man. Nine wins are nine wins, right? Um, and a conference title game is a conference title game. Like, it, it – it's, it's hard to win. So they got a point to prove because they're, they've been told that the MAC is deficient or in, you know, insufficient of all the other conferences in America. We've got something to prove because we've been told you, had, you, haven't, been, you haven't beaten a bowl eligible team this year. And, you know, granted, it was a field goal at the last second up at Boone and a two-point loss at home at Georgia State. That being said, though, we got a chance to finish the year 11-2, and be one and one in bowl season, bring home some hardware and back-to-back years because we brought home hardware last year as a co-champion. There, to me, is it's, it's – if I'm a senior, I'm going out with – I'm going out with a ring, going out with a W. I'm going out in my last two seasons being – 22 and three ranked 75% of the time during that time. You got a lot to play for here. And if you're underclassmen, you got a lot to prove because it's signing day. You got to prove, Hey man, I'm meant to be on this field. So to me, I think purpose is pride of your locker room, playing your ass off for your teammate next to you. This is the last time that this group, I remember coach Benny's took, this is the last time that this group will ever be together. Remember that. Let that ingrain in your mind the night before. It shouldn't scare you. It shouldn't make you sad. It should get you so jacked up that when you wake up Friday morning, man, you're going to cherish every minute. The breakfast, the bacon and the eggs and the biscuit, the final walkthrough, the prep, putting on your helmet for that last time. Doesn't matter if you're an underclassman, right? Doesn't matter if you're an underclassman, man. That that last time of the season, put that helmet on, be game ready. Um, hopefully, please, God, we're not wearing teal helmets. Um I just really hope we're not wearing two helmets. helmets. On the signing day special on the website, did you notice that? Oh, gosh. I thought I'd love these two helmets, but until we play like, again, Charleston Southern, Duquesne, or whoever, somebody, and get a W on one of those things, um, I just want to get a little get a little, <laughs> get a little, wind sprinkled on those things. But we're the home team, so I would imagine, if I know Jamie, we're probably going to come out in all teal with white shoes and white tops, or either probably teal tops and with white pants and, and uh, white tops. So, um, you know, we could come out black helmet with teal tops and black pants. You know, that's that, that people feel to remember that that is the original jersey. That's the jersey that was my home jersey I wore for four years. Was, um, you know, 
black lids, teal tops and teal pants or teal britches. So, but nevertheless, man, this is the last time there's motivation. I, again, I, I, I wake up on a Tuesday morning, go to work motivated. Like I'm going to Tuesday practice to, to play somebody, man. So it just, there should be no shortage of national television, 6 PM conference title game or conference title champion, Mac champion. They're nine and four, got a lot to prove, a lot to end on, leave a legacy, I mean, they, look, there's enough boxes to be checked here, man. You should be freaking pissed off, fired up, ready to go when you wake up Friday morning. Having said that, TD, I think that's a good stopping point because you you kind of put it all together there for us at the end. So I'm going to go ahead and say you can find us on Twitter, the Strut Podcast. I'm uh, sorry, at the Strut Podcast. Same place on Instagram, uh, Facebook page, the Strut Podcast. Hit TD up on the Look Here Bubba Talk Back line. He loves to hear from you. TD Nation just – they just want to – they want more TD. So look, TD, I, I'm about more TD, man. But I tell you what, we do need – hey, look, what we're excited about is – I'll leave you with this thought for this podcast is the only way this thing's going to grow is fan engagement. And we've absolutely. got – we and here's the thing. we got people that text us all the time. We talk about it air, week, week, weekly, especially during the season. We I must, I'm, I must have 16, 17 different people that will text me about the podcast. And I love it. And I appreciate you. Welcome to text me and Chili and, and Info Joe. But y'all go engage on social media, do the call in line, hit up the, you know, g- give us engagement on the show because this show is as much for y'all as it is for us to talk about it. Yeah. Our Twitter uh, I know following our, is growing like crazy. Yes. It really is. I mean, we went from like six people to seven this season. Exactly. And, <laughs> and most of them have my last name, which is even better. No, we. I know this much. I know that we have recruits starting to follow us now, and we. Uh, Chili talked about it. Um, NIU's podcast is now, I think, following us now. Did we ever get on with them, by the way? So yeah, I, I was going to try and save it, but it, it never panned out. But what we were trying to do this week, uh, Strut Nation, was we really were uh, trying to reach out to see if we could get some NIU people either to come on with us, or we could go on with them and kind of do like maybe a little crossover. They were interested. We were interested, and just. Uh, I guess logistically it never really worked out. Um, I'm, I'm still open to getting it in before maybe if I, if they call tomorrow, I might be available. So I'm not going to say it's completely not going to happen, but at the same time, we, we were trying to work that out for you, Teal Nation, Strut Nation. So something else we were trying to get done too, but TDA, I think we should go ahead and just wrap it up because do we've it. got a bowl game in less than 48 hours to go win. And I'm excited about it. I know you are. I know Strut Nation's excited about it. So, if Joe's excited, he's down there getting a tan in Florida. He's probably playing golf at Bushwood Country Club. Bushwood Country Club. I had to fit one more in. God, y'all. Must... We'll talk to you next week after the Cure Bowl victory. Until That's right. Then, TD, Sean's up, man. Zay, Sean's up. Strut Nation, Till Nation, love you. We'll see y'all Friday night. 6 p.m. Oh, tell them uh, pregame with Joe is at 4.30, WRNN 99.5, or streaming live from GoCCSports.com. Perfect. I almost forgot that. Thanks for saying that. Oh, and tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Is that the call-in show? show? The call-in show down there at Walk-Ons at uh, Universal Studios, or I think that's where it's at. We challenge our fans. We almost almost messed up. Yeah. And fans, (laughs) we challenge you to inundate – Coach Chadwell with questions about when he's going to appear on the Strut. On the Strut podcast. Have a great week, everybody. Y'all have a good one, man.
All right, guys, I am here in Orlando at the Portofino Bay Hotel in Universal Orlando, a great spot for a bowl game and great for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers to be posted up here for the Tailgater Cure Bowl this week. We got into town yesterday, late yesterday afternoon, last night, and I had a great night. And as I record this on Wednesday afternoon, it's been a a fantastic time so far for the Chanticleers. We are here getting ready for this game on Friday night against Northern Illinois. Kids are out and about right now at Universal Orlando having a great time. They had practice this morning over at a local high school. They practiced on a grass field, which will be the first time that Coastal has played on a grass field in this bowl game. This will be the first game on a real turf field since 2018, since the South Carolina game. It's kind of amazing when you think about that. Coastal went for a long, long time when we first started football and sure TD can speak to some of this that you know we hardly ever played on a turf field I think Liberty had one early I think we went to uh, Moorhead State our second year and played on the field turf field up there Uh, but in terms of us playing on natural grass really in the last six seven years that just hasn't happened often so our guys went out to a local high school to kind of get their footing kind of get a feel for a natural grass field and that's where we will play on Friday night at Exploria Stadium. That's a soccer stadium that's not too far from where we are here at Universal Orlando. So just kind of, kind of some general opening thoughts as to kind of what's going on right now. Again, the guys are having a great time. And, well, there's so much to do here in Orlando. I don't know about any of these other bowls. If you go somewhere on a, you know, for a New Year's Six or a, a New Year's Day or whatever it is, whatever bowl destination that you might go to, I don't know that there's a whole lot more that you could see and do in Orlando than, than what you would do in Orlando. I mean, this has just been a fantastic spot here. You know, again, as I record this, uh, the podcast here this week, it's uh, it's only Wednesday, so we have another day on Thursday to enjoy what's going on, but hopefully our guys will get locked in and, uh, you know, get ready for the business at hand. This is a business trip after all, and the Chanticleers are chasing win number 11, which would be back-to-back 11-win seasons for this program and would just be a phenomenal accomplishment to go 11 and two and beat a conference champ in Northern Illinois. And well, they are, they're a great football team and I'll get into a little bit more of them as we get towards the, uh, the end of my comments here uh, for the podcast. First of all, I want to give you kind of a flavor of what's going on at practice. Again, we went out to practice this morning. Guys had a good practice. We will have a walkthrough at Exploria stadium on Thursday morning to kind of get a feel of what that's like. But, uh, some comments from some of our players after practice today. We'll first start with Shamari Jones. He talks about uh, his game coming up and, and just kind of his thoughts on his last year, what may be his last season. He may test the waters. We don't know, but he certainly had a great, great season uh, being first team all Sun Belt, leading the conference in yards per game and uh, just had a fantastic year. Here are some comments from Shamari Jones. Okay. All right, Well, uh, first off, man, you know, back here in your home state, you know, to close out your college career with one more game. Just your thoughts on the experience so far and uh, some of the main things you're looking forward to uh, this week? Uh, great fans. Great fans. Uh, the experience is great. Um, I think a lot of guys are having fun uh, with the universal thing and also, uh, you know, uh, you know, representing us also too. So, uh, but you know, uh, great things. Uh, I think the staff is prepared as well. You know, uh, for this game that's coming. Yeah, I think we're gonna do great things right now. How loose is this group right now? Look like you guys are having a lot of fun out there. Is everyone feeling loose? Hey, and we're, good? we're we're having a lot of fun. We're having a lot of fun right now. Uh, we're actually, here at the Universal uh, right now. You know, uh, right after this interview. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's 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 lit. You know, we're having a great time. 
as a Florida kid, I'm sure probably not your first time, you know, being at the parks. You know, what are some of the main the main things you're looking forward to? Uh, just being out there and us having the whole uh, day to just have fun and be loose. Uh, it, it, it means a lot. You know, uh, this being you know um, one of my last games with for a lot of people. You know, for a lot of seniors and everything. Uh, this is a special uh, day for us, uh, a special moment for us. You know, as a kid, born in Uh You know, so you know, we get out here, ride these rides, man. You know, um, having that team bonding, you know, experience. Um, you know, one more time and everything. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. How special has this year been for you individually? I mean, you've, you've done such a great job scoring, rushing for about 1,000 yards. Just uh, how much is, how special has this year been for you? Uh, it's been great. It's been great. Uh, I'm truly best. You know, thank God. Um, you know, uh, you know, ha having a coach, you know, having a coaching staff, you know, put me in the right position to make plays and everything. So, uh, you know, a lot of that is on them. A lot of that is on the big guys up front. Uh, you know, so, you know, all credit to him. All credit to them. All credit to God. You know, uh, I feel like I have the easiest job. It's just in the hole. Next up after practice, we talked to Grayson McCall, the local media, talked to Richard sophomore Grayson McCall, who missed a couple of games with injury but has come back. And I talked to Coach Chadwell earlier today, and Coach says that he's as healthy as he's been all season. And I think Grayson feels as good as he's been all year long, too. Of course, he had that injury against Troy and kind of knocked him down a little bit. But, well, he certainly looked good in that South Alabama win. We had to come from behind and win that game and won it in overtime. And Grayson's touchdown run in overtime certainly was the catalyst for us winning that football game. Here are some comments from quarterback Grayson McCall. Just take me through this week so far and just uh, the preparation leading up to Friday night and you guys being able to get the full experience of a ball game uh, this time around. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, come back to the Cure Bowl, we didn't get to do this last year. So uh, it's a lot of guys' first time. Uh, here at Universal doing this kind of stuff. So we've had a great time uh, making sure we have fun, but, you know, keeping the main thing the main thing. We came here to win a football game, so that's where our focus is. But, yeah, we're having a great time so far. Like you mentioned, having a good time. You guys seem loose and energetic in practice. Yeah. Just uh, how loose and uh, confident is this team? We're loose, man. You know, we haven't played in a while. Uh, we're excited to get back out there and, and finish the season off strong. So everyone's loose, ready to go. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're having a great time. So. Does the layoff help or hurt you guys going forward? I think it helps us uh, a lot, actually. Uh, a lot of the guys are, are, are healthy. You know, I think I'm as healthy as I've been all season uh, up to this point. So I think it's been good for us. Hopefully we're going to get some guys back. Hopefully we see Reese back out there. And, uh, yeah, so we're excited to get some guys back. And you mentioned Reese. You know, he seemed to be moving around pretty well today. You know, just how much of a benefit would it be to have him back, you know, for the first time? Because it seems like uh, Coach Shabbos called him your Swiss Army knife, the guy that can do it all. Just how much of a benefit would it be to have him back in front? Yeah, you know, he, he helps us out a lot, the speed and the power. He brings both of them. So we'd love to have him back out there. Uh, you know, he, he's our third main guy right there with, with Braden and uh, Shamari. So we'd love to have him back. He helps us out a lot. What's excited about the whole trip is getting back on this grass and playing on grass. I haven't played on grass since high school, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. You mentioned that. Does that bring any extra benefits uh, to, to your game, do you think? I, I like it. Uh, I, I feel like I get better footing on the grass. And, uh, you know, like Shamari said, you can get a little extra jiggy on the grass. So I, I prefer grass. To that freshman defensive end, Josiah Stewart, who set a school record for sacks in a season and just tackles for loss all over the place, a freshman All-America. What an impact player he has been. He met with the media, and here's what he had to say. You know, a true freshman man, I mean, just a whale of a season so far, you know, just single-season sack record, your first bowl experience, you know, just take me through the waves. I mean, your guy, I mean, you were just playing high school football in May, so I'm sure this all has to be, you know, just a perfect storm for you so far. Yeah, I remember coming here, I told my uh, D-line coach that my one uh, my one goal was to come here and learn as much as possible. You know, I never expected all this to come along, but, you know, I did learn a lot, so I can say that, uh, that I was done. And then just being able to have, the, you know, the full experience, you know, you guys are getting ready to go to Universal and everything, just to experience this, what are some of the main things you're looking forward to about uh, just this whole week in general? I can't wait to go on the rides. You know, I, I haven't been to Universal in about eight years, so and I've been here once my, my whole life. So it's my second time. 
time being here, you know, being with my teammates, you know, we get to get to click again, so it's, it's fun. Kind of like Gabe asked, I mean, just how special has this year been for you individually? I mean, did you ever think that you'd be able to set a record as a freshman? No, I never thought about that, but this season gave me like, a, lot, a lot of confidence and, you know, something to expect in the future. Finally, Coach Chadwell addressed the media in the press conference earlier today, and he talked about a couple of things. He talked about what we need to do to beat Northern Illinois on, on Friday night, and then he got into recruiting. And, boy, that's another great topic to talk about here on the podcast tonight, uh, the recruiting class that Coastal has signed. Right now, as of I record this today as my recording, we have 15 that are signed. And this is, I think, the, the most talent-rich class that Coastal has ever signed in Boy, just so excited about that. Here are Coach Chadwell's comments on Northern Illinois and then the recruiting class. Uh, first of all, let me, uh, on behalf of uh, President Michael Benson, our athletic director, Matt Hogue, and our, and our football program, uh, this is a tremendous honor for us to represent uh, the Sunbelt Conference to play in a, a prestigious bowl game that uh, is uh, raising money uh, for breast cancer. Uh, we're thankful to represent that. This is obviously our second year in the row, second year in a row being here, but our first time being able to experience uh, a bowl game. Uh, and I know our players have had a tremendous time from last night uh, and uh, the, all the stories I've been hearing. And so we're excited about being here. And, and uh, uh, if the uh, if the ball game is as good as the entertainment's been, it's going to be a heck of a game. So. Did I tell who to talk or you? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, uh, my name's Jamie as well. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's got a little different. Um, just, Coach, I'm wondering how motivating was last year's Kimball and what happened in overtime? It, did that push you guys at all throughout this season and, and to get back to, you know, with, with unfinished business? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you you lose, it's uh, there's a motivation thing, and uh, we had obviously a tremendous season there, and weren't able to, to finish it off. And, and this group of uh, this team, this 2021 team, but specifically our seniors, super seniors, uh, what they've done for the program has been tremendous. Winning the conference championship and, and putting this university on a, and our football program in a national recognition. But to top that off, we need a bowl game win. That'll be the that'll be their final legacy. And so uh, I do think there's extreme motivation to get that win. And we know that's going to be a challenge because Northern Illinois is a tremendous football team, a champion. But uh, I know that uh, they're motivated by going out uh, and finishing this season off the right way and, uh, to try to have back-to-back 11 win seasons that doesn't happen a lot. And uh, this group can cement their legacy by doing that. Uh, Coach, uh, Jordan Wright with the Sean Show. Uh, Coach, I just wanted to ask you, what are some of the things you guys are going to try to do to contain Northern Illinois quarterback uh, Rocky Lombardi, who has some pretty capabilities of being a quarterback? Uh, quarterback? Well, one, we can't give it away from right here so they can hear it. But, uh, <laughs> you know what? It's a challenge because uh, they, they're tremendous at running the football, and then when you load the box up, and that's when he's able to, to hit some play action to get out of the pocket. And so we're going to have to do a good job of, of disguising coverages. But if we, if we don't stop the run, it won't matter what we do because then they can do anything they want. So I think we've got to do a great job of winning up front. That's going to be the end of the game on both sides of the ball. Uh, we need to try to give him some different looks and, and uh, coverage-wise and some different things that maybe can help him make him slow down a little bit and, and uh, where we can hopefully get a pass rush and try to disrupt some of the things they do. But he's a tremendous player, and they, they've got a tremendous offensive football team. And uh, I know it's going to be, present a big challenge for our, for our defense. Uh, especially our, our, our front seven. I, I would say about our, uh, about our uh, 
signing class, and we're not finished with it by any means, but uh, you know, our staff worked really hard from last January identifying uh, our needs and, and the type of quality people that we want our program continue to build what we're doing. And, uh, our, our current group of people have been a great uh, uh, resource because they, they've helped us recruit them, they, they got to know them, and they know that they're the type of people that will fit into our program. All the, all the people that are coming in, all the young men that are coming in, come quality families, quality programs, uh, and they fit uh, some needs that we need. Some are going to be immediate. Some are going to be uh, guys that will have to learn and grow. But from a talent standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from an academic standpoint, uh, that's our best class that we brought that up to this point. Uh, and now that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but, what I, but I think what that shows is the brand our, that Sean Clear on the side of the helmet, the brand of what Coastal people recognize, you know, that's, that's, that's growing nationally and, and, and that brand is important and people recognize that it's a, it's a high quality of play, but it's also a place that uh, you can grow uh, and to become the man God's called you to be. So, so finally, guys, thoughts on the game on Friday night. This will be Coastal's second bowl game that we've ever played in. Of course, we played in the Cure Bowl last season against Liberty and came up short. Had a field goal blocked in overtime. Unfortunately, the Shauna Clears lost 37 to 34. As we talked about, I think, last week on the podcast, once all of the bowl matchups were published, I, I think this is the best Sunbelt matchup uh, of any of the four Sunbelt teams in postseason play. I think Northern Illinois comes in as a very worthy opponent. They come in at nine and four overall. They're the MAC champions. They beat Kent State, uh, beat them down in the MAC championship on December the 4th, 41 to 23. And well, they just, they run the football so well, 234 yards on the ground in the run game. That's fifth best in FBS football. They average 32 points a game, uh, not terribly great on third down conversions. They are minus five in the turnover department, but I'll tell you one thing to look for in this ball game coming off on, on Friday night, if they don't get it on third down, they're going to go for it on fourth down. They may not be good on third down conversions, but they are 85% on fourth down, 22 of 26 on the season. So head coach Thomas Hammock is uh, the Mac coach of the year, and he is not afraid to go for it on fourth down. So just watch for that coming up on Friday night. If we do get a stop on third down, we better be ready to gear back up and try to stop them on fourth down. So this is a good football team. They're good up front. They've got several all-MAC performers on that offensive line. Rocky Lombardi is their quarterback. He's a junior quarterback transfer from Michigan State. He's a very good one. He threw for over 2,400 yards this season. Jay Ducker, who is the MAC freshman of the year, is their running back, their main go-to guy in the backfield. They're going to give him the ball a lot. Trey Rudolph is their outside guy, wide out. Very good. Second team all Mac leading receiver, 877 yards catching uh, on the season and you know, well, on 49 receptions, seven touchdowns on the year. So, you know, you're going to be watching out for that youngster on, on the offensive side of the ball for the Huskies. And then over on the defensive side of the ball, you've got CJ Brown, who is their free safety. He's a sophomore, first team all Mac, their leading tackler, 104 tackles on the season. A tough player, uh, had 14 tackles this season against. Western Michigan, so he's going to be a guy to watch. Lance DeVoe, I like him a lot, seen him on film a lot. My scouting report says he might be their best defender. He's got a high motor, 69 tackles on the season. He's a third-team all-MAC performer. Dylan Thomas had an interception. He's their rover kind of guy, had an interception last week on Kent State's second drive in the MAC championship. I mentioned C.J. Brown. He had a pick six in that game. So, interestingly enough, Kent State came – or uh, Northern Illinois, rather, came into the game against Kent State with only one interception on the season. They picked up, picked off two 
in the MAC championship game. So this is a very, very worthy opponent. Uh, this Northern Illinois football team going to have our work cut out for us. Coastal has got to come out. In my opinion, we've got to come out on defense and stop the run. What they're going to want to do, what Northern Illinois wants to do is establish the run game. If we don't slow them down in the run game right away on first down, if they gash us for four five, six yards, it may be a long night. You know, it might be a long night for us. So we've got to find a way to slow them down, get negative plays, get, you know, minus plays, no gain plays, very minimal yardage on first down, kind of get them behind the chains a little bit defensively. And then offensively, we've got to try to pick it up and score like we did in the first six weeks of the season. You know, we scored on 60% of our possessions in the first six games. The last six games, we scored on 38% of our possessions. So we're going to have to really get those numbers back up. But I like our chances in this game. You know, I like our chances to go out and establish what we want to do on offense. I like the fact that, you know, we're going to go up against a team that wants to play in the box kind of on offense. So, you know, I look forward to a good game. I look forward to a coastal win. That should be a lot of fun. It's been a great trip so far. And, you know, what I've really enjoyed is, is the bowl experience. I'm glad that these guys have had a great time here in Orlando. Hopefully they'll lock in, like I mentioned earlier, they'll lock in over the next, you know, 36 hours, 24 hours as we get closer to kickoff. They'll lock in and say, you know what, we're having fun, but hey, Let's win a bowl game. Let's get to win number 11 on the season, which would only be the second time uh, in school history that we've ever won 11-plus in back-to-back seasons. So, And we've only been around 19 years, so that would be a fantastic feat. So looking forward to the game on Friday night, and uh, guys, I'll let you pick it up from here. Fans, we hope you enjoyed this episode. So coming up, we're going to have a few changes in programming going forward since this was the bowl week and it's the last week of the season for football. We're going to be announcing some changes soon. Please stay tuned to The Strut and to our social media at The Strut Podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram, or our Facebook page, The Strut Podcast. As always, you can leave us a note on our Look Here Bubba Talk back line. We've had a few messages already. We appreciate you. Please don't forget... You have one more day to get into the Strut Bowl Challenge. Those links to join have been posted on all of our social media. So please get involved. We've got about 20 people who have already signed up to be a part of the Strut Bowl Challenge. So we can't wait to compete against you, talk about how well you're doing on the air, all that good stuff. Fans, as always, thanks for listening. Sean's up.